guys, welcome back for another amazing week. It is such a pleasure to have you back here with me on the Steph Sansaro podcast. I am, of course, Steph, and I am your host. And every single week, we get to spend time together to learn and to grow and to evolve into better versions of ourselves. And today, I'm so excited to share this episode with you because it talks about all of my favorite things mindfulness, self care, self love, and the importance of kindness. Now, my next guest is a gorgeous, beautiful mindset coach and meditation teacher, and I am so excited to have her here with us. So without further ado, would you please welcome Madison Vernon. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm very excited to finally e-meet you and to talk about all the wonderful things that you're all about. I would love for you to give us a little bit of a rundown on who you are and what you do and yeah, what you're all about. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to e-meet you too and everyone else that's listening along as well. So as you said, my name is Maddie. I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher. I am a coach and a yoga teacher. So lots of things that keep me loving life and excited and full of interesting things. Um, I really love working with people through whatever modality it is, if it's the meditation courses, if it's one-to-one coaching, or if it's in a yoga class, just to help them First of all, I guess, clear out the noise in their mind, as I find we all have very noisy, over full minds, um, to really slow down. I think that our bodies weren't necessarily meant to live the life, the pace that we are currently living at the moment, um, and to connect back into their own heart space, their own heart center, that own sense of inner calm within them. Um, these are all the things that just light me up and fill me with so much joy. Yeah. Oh, I can see that as well. And I agree with you. I think we are completely living out of our capabilities and we have been for so long now. And, you know, if history serves us correct, it it doesn't literally serve us. It just drives us into the ground. We get burnt out. We are working without, you know, without our capacity, basically. So like working long hours, not taking self-care time. This is ingrained in our society But like you said, it is very important to find that inner calm and to just start to slow down. And I'm so glad, and I I hope you are too, and I hope you've started to notice, but more and more people are becoming aware of that. Yes, so much so. I think even, uh, obviously we're in an interesting period of time of life. So I think pre-isolation, what is unfolding, people are becoming aware of this. They can't keep living at the pace that they are. And also at the present moment, even more so where people are realizing, wow, I'm really enjoying this, this slowness of life that is occurring right now. Mm, it's so beautiful. And obviously, for those listening to this podcast, we are mid-COVID-19 situation, something that is a global problem and pandemic right now. And I've spoken about this quite a bit recently with my friends and family, but it's offered such a beautiful time for us to actually get back to basics. It is stripping the whole work-life thing away and understanding that at the core of everything, I think it's love that is mostly important. And that's love for our families and the people who we care about, but also self-love. So true. I love it. And I'm loving how you said getting back to basics. I feel like this time is so wholesome right now. My partner and I went out for a bike ride a couple of weeks ago and there was so many people on the bike paths and so many people are baking bread. I'm baking like um, apple pie, like, you know, just all those warm, cozy things that are just, we never get to do, but we're finally doing. I know. And then the things that we idealize, like we want to do these things. We want to have the time to do them yet. They're always the last priority. So if any positives can be brought out of this situation, it is that we are finally doing the things we've always, you know, hid away in that little box of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But now we're actually doing it. Could not agree more. And I'm so excited for that aspect of that and for it to to continue Mm. and that's exactly what needs to happen it's like once life or reality goes back to normal we need to hold on to these memories of what it's been like to be able to live in this way we can't just go back to what we were doing before 
because like we said earlier, it just doesn't really work for us. No, exactly right. It is finding that new way of being, that entirely new way of being, recalibrating as well, almost our nervous systems during this reset time um, and figuring out how we can now function in this new way. Mm. And Maddie, I know that you've had to create a new way of being yourself. And I was wondering if you might be able to tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your childhood and bring us into the present realm of where we are now. Yes, certainly. Um, So whenever I share with someone that I am a meditational mindfulness teacher, they always go, well, you must be the most calm person ever. And (laughs) I laugh because probably similar to you, Steph, we don't get into this realm of work because it's easy to us and it just, everything's worked out perfectly. Um, We get into this work because we need it. We find it because we need it and we care for it. And that's why we're so passionate about sharing these messages. Um, So for me, as a young one, I was very anxious. Um, If you had told me that I was anxious when I was younger, I would not have believed it because I was so high functioning. It was kind of like, you know, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm pushing things to the side. Um, And so I just kind of went about my life thinking that I was, in quotation marks, fine, but I wasn't. Um, And for me, that real catalyst point of... I guess an oh shit moment was my second year of my university degree. I was studying and realizing that I was simply not coping. I kind of put myself into this really bad place um, and I needed to get help to get out of it. So for the first time I worked with a therapist to help me kind of really move away from this anxiety. Like I went to my GP and they're like, you, it sounds like you have a general anxiety disorder. Let's work on figuring out how we can support you during that time. So I worked with a therapist to help me through that. Um, This was also the time that mindfulness was starting to get really big. And funnily enough, I didn't actually relate to the word mindfulness, but I knew that I kind of needed to start bringing it into my life. I really resonated with the term kind of living in the present moment. And that's something that with my therapist, I was working on doing. So instead of being consumed with the overthinking and the thoughts in my mind of worst case scenarios and playing out all these fearful scenarios, I would remind myself to just come back to the present moment. Like we're not going there. You are laying on your bed. You are laying on your bed. You are laying on your bed. And I would just focus on that. Um, So that is where I found myself many, many years ago. My mother at the same time wanted to start practicing yoga and she really recommended, no, that's it. You're coming to yoga with me. I'm, I'm, you can't keep going the way that you are. I thought like, no, yoga is so boring. I'm not going to do that. Like that's not going to be hard enough for me at all. Um, and I have eaten my words ever since I started going to yoga and I absolutely loved it. It I'd have one one hour class each week in this tiny room filled with all women, um, no mirrors, basically dark lighting. And it was just a room to go in there and connect to our breath and breathe. And I would drive home from that feeling so relaxed and at peace and have the best night's sleep. And I still vividly remember waking up the next morning with like, shaky legs like my legs were on fire from the yoga that I thought would do nothing (laughs) um (laughs) I mean everyone that starts yoga is like no it's totally chill it's not chill it can definitely not be chill (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah exactly um so that's what I started and really helped me get to a place of feeling really good about myself, kind of finding this world of, I guess, personal development and and gratitude, living in the present moment. Um, And then I went along doing these things. And when I started practicing yoga, I always knew that I was going to learn. I was always going to do my yoga teacher training because I love learning. I love finding out information. And a couple of years ago, my, I think you'll agree with this, Steph, um, that the yoga course that's meant for you finds you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it was the year where the course that I always wanted to do, they were running it again. And I was like, that's it. That's the yoga course that I want to sign up for. 
And so I did that and I went and did my yoga teacher training for a month immersive because I knew that I wanted it to be a really condensed period of time. We ended that with one week in Bali, which was beautiful. And I came back from that and I got uh, quite sick. <laughs> this is what happens when we go to, um, I don't know, places that we're not used to, Steph can relate, you know, drinking water that maybe we shouldn't have. And my body was really shutting down. Um, and it turns out after working with a lot of different people, doctors, GPs, specialist doctors, I found an integrative doctor that was really helpful for me. And we found out that I had a complete flip of good and bad bacteria. I had no good bacteria. There was a reason as to why I had no energy and couldn't really function and just an overgrowth of bad bacteria within my gut, um, leaky gut, all those things and started a really long process of healing my gut, um, which, you know, it's a continual process and I'm still doing um, I think these things never perhaps essentially completely go away. It's just learning how to manage them. And sometimes they slip up and then we realize and remember what works best for us. Yeah. Um, and at this same time, it was me learning a completely new way of being really like that was the year of me learning a completely new way of being that the fast pace, pushing myself, all these expectations on myself, I must do, I must achieve, I must do this, it has to be fast. And also I have to do everything for everyone else and forget about myself, um, really had to be reevaluated. And that was my yeah, year of reevaluating, of finding a new way of being, which I guess to me led me to this point um, of teaching meditation, mindfulness, and bring all these things that I'm passionate about, but in a way that is nurturing for yourself and taking care of yourself and it's probably something that I always spoke about and believed in and told other people but not necessarily what I was living and embodying myself um, which I really do try to do as much as I possibly can now mm. so that brings us to the present day I feel like in a wrap up <laughs> yeah. wow what an amazing journey that was. And yes, I can definitely relate to some very similar parts of that story. And we can have a little bit of a giggle about that later, about our overseas experiences and getting sick. But I would love for you to take us back to your yoga teacher training and to actually give us a little bit more detail into what that whole experience was like. What was it like being immersed into a whole different culture and philosophy? Yes, of course. Um, I knew that I wanted it to be a month because I knew, as you say, I just wanted to be immersed in it. And that's the only thing that existed. I had three weeks in Melbourne and one week in Bali. Um, I can tell you after the first day of my yoga teacher training, I came home to my partner and I just cried. Um, and not because it was bad, it was amazing, it was beautiful, it was lovely, but it felt like my brain expanded four sizes within one day. I was receiving so much information. Um, we all were receiving so much information and it was just so overwhelming. Um, and so for me to get through this period of time, I knew that it just needed to be the only focus was yoga. So I was completely devoted to that, which I think is really beautiful and has almost like a yogic uh, essence to it. So I would wake up in the morning, I would review my notes, I would review whatever I was practicing, my teaching of that day. I would go, we would be, oh, even the physical demands that your body was put under during that period of time of practicing yoga every single day. And I would not say that I uh, was a strong person by any means. I had a, a strong, like a, a consistent yoga practice for a number of years, but I was not necessarily physically strong within my own body. And so showing up each and every day to the mat and practicing when your body was sore was just a complete act of devotion and of almost climbing that mountain that your entire yoga teacher training process is about. Then there was the yoga asana, the yoga labs where you would 
be holding a posture for a long period of time while we would talk through all the different micro adjustments and cues that would occur to teach that particular posture. Um, as I'm sure with you, Steph, there was a period of realizing, have I never done downward facing dog correctly? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really loved learning the Sanskrit names of the postures. I, found this kind of relatively easy, I think, because I went to classes where they use the Sanskrit um, and I really enjoyed learning that almost, uh, I'm going to say historical aspect of it, but that might not be the right word. Um, and then you've got all of the philosophy, which I loved and the breath work where we would do energetic practices, breath work practices. And it felt like your mind was um, blowing open um i actually had this experience uh in bali where we did a breath called holotropic breathing have you done that one have you heard of it i haven't heard of it tell me so i don't know it entirely and it's i don't know all the facts entirely um and it's a bit out there but it's a drug that they say that you can literally get high off um, you can get high off your own breath and you breathe in and out continuously without a pause at the top or the bottom as you normally would do. Mm. And so what can occur is it can kind of, I guess, bring you to deeper parts of yourself. And I had this bizarre experience because really what's happening is you're moving through these layers of your body. And I ended up uh, once again, hysterically crying from releasing just all of this stuff for want of a better word that was kind of within my body within my mind um and feeling like uh there was a like mosquito biting me between my third between my eyebrows on my third eye and i felt this mosquito bite me here and then i ended up kind of i was like is this a mosquito bite am i just kind of tripping out right now i don't know what's going on um, and it was the weirdest experience, but one of the most profound things that occurred during that time. And so there's so many weird and wonderful things occurring during your yoga teacher training that it's almost impossible to sum up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you'll probably be able to connect with this. I found myself immersed in a life that I really loved and that I could have seen myself doing day to day almost forever and to be a part of something like that and then once that month is up you sort of then go back to your normal life and reality I almost like I my heart yearns for that month again completely because it was so transformative you are fully immersed in it you're changing neural pathways because you're learning so many different things and yeah I I miss it I miss it a lot mm. I think there's something beautiful the way that you say that it makes me think of is that community that gets developed in that uh, experience as well, because you are all going through the exact thing day in and day out. And I guess opposed to when you live in, uh, for want of a better word, the real world, where there's so many different things happening, you're only focusing on the one thing, which is this yogic experience you're all sharing together. And it's this almost simplicity of it all that has this beautiful richness to the experience. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. I am still talking day to day to people that I shared that experience with because mm. we get connected on a whole other level. Like yourself, I had experiences where we would go through an hour meditation and we would end up crying, just going through this whole soul journey, like loving kindness meditation um, meta. Mm. I'm sure if you've yes. done before, but gosh, so oh so important and yeah it it does it connects you in a completely different way and for anyone listening today you know it's really interested in yoga and hey i went into my training with only about four or five months of practice behind me and the point about your yoga teacher training it's not all about the asanas it is a whole spiritual experience so you don't have to be fantastic at it because they will teach you how to do it properly but if it is something that's calling to your heart and something that you really want to do, then like Maddie and I right now, like we can recommend this experience so much. 
Definitely. I love that you weren't practicing for very long before you did it because it's so true. We had someone that I think, yeah, had just started uh, practicing yoga and then decided to sign up and she had this incredible whirlwind of a journey. It's, it's true. If it's calling you, then it's meant to be and it's finding the place or the place to find you where you will do your teacher training. Exactly. And it will come to you. You'll see it. Like the signs will start popping up. It'll all be external, but really it'll be channeling that inner want because you already see yourself doing it. So it will definitely come to you. You are really right. Now, Maddie, I love that you started to talk to me about your health journey because obviously you got really sick when you came back from um, Bali. I'd like to talk about that transformative health journey. And you said that you had a few, uh, few steps backwards and then a few steps forward experiences with that. I would like you to take me through what sort of changes you developed in trying to help that leaky gut and bacteria overgrowth. Certainly. It, like anything in specific, like as in more health focus or just the overall I'd looking love, at it? So I'd really love some like tactics, like what type of diet you decided to follow or what was your healthcare professionals recommending for you to do and what can the listeners in a similar situation or if they feel as though they're in a similar situation, what can they do also? Yeah, perfect. Um, oh, I'm going to start broad, then go then kind of go more specific to start with not settling for what the doctors tell you. Um, I don't want to say to not listen to doctors or they're not of expert opinion because they are, but I had to fight and fight would be the right word. I had to fight for the doctor that was going to resonate with me the most. So some doctors would just say things to me of, Oh, you're fine. Or oh, that's normal. And I knew that what I was experiencing wasn't normal and it wasn't fine and I wasn't happy with that answer. I, I think had taken, by the time I went to a specialist doctor and they were offering me antibiotics for the third time, I knew that that did not sit well in my body. I am not against them. It just did not sit well in my body to be taking this many times without knowing what it was happening to my body. It felt like everyone else was just kind of guessing with my body and it's my body. So I care the most about it. Um, so I then went to find this integrative doctor that was recommended to me by someone that I really trust, who I know has similar values to me, who cares uh, about the similar things to me. And so I went to see them and I really was eternally grateful that they were such a supportive person along my journey. It really, eased up from my mind. It made me feel like I no longer needed to be Googling like all the different ways to do the different healings or the different gut protocols. And I could just really find this one trusted source of opinion and work with them to help me heal their situation. Mm -hmm. um, just quickly, yeah. what were your symptoms exactly? Yes. Um, it's very, let's say it's very, it was a very long time ago. So I came back with and I ended up vomiting like from going out for dinner, which was just really bizarre. And I had this vomiting spell and then I came back and I was just feeling queasy. And so I went to see the doctor the first time and they said, look, sounds like you've caught something. Here's some antibiotics. Have fun. I was like, great. Amazing. Thank you. And then what ended up happening is I couldn't really eat anything. I was losing a lot of weight. I could really only function on toast. Um, there was this one horrible time where I had pizza. Um, in Melbourne and we were driving an hour away and we actually had to have an emergency stop. Like I need to find a toilet in the next 30 seconds or else this is going to be bad. Um, occurred, not the most delightful things to talk about, but my bowels were just horrendous. I would be waking up in the middle of the night, just not able to sleep. I would be waking up at five, 6am rushing to the toilet to go to the toilet going to the toilet five times a day um, and just, like I said, having no energy, not being able to feel like I could consume any food um, and no energy. Yeah. Mm. And brain fog, sorry, brain fog. I had complete brain fog and I couldn't think or feel like my brain could function. That was the hardest thing, but you don't feel like you can explain that to someone because it's not as 
I've got a twisted ankle. Oh yeah, I can definitely relate to that myself with uh, the chronic fatigue I've been dealing with and this brain fog. I felt as though when I got home, I could not complete a sentence, let alone tell a story to anyone. I think I tried to upload a podcast and I feel as though that podcast now needs to be taken down because there is probably no way that that was in any way lyrical or made sense whatsoever. The brain fog is just such a thing and it's so, so real. So I'm glad that you've mentioned it today because we are then raising awareness about it. Yeah. Um, So those were my symptoms. And like I said, finding someone that I really trusted, um, the advice that they gave me was a very specific protocol of clearing out. um, And we did a lot of tests before then of finding out, okay, is this SIBO? Is it small intestinal bowel? Um, Is it, is it this other thing? Is it, is it um, candida? Is it those kinds of things? And we kind of did a really, heavy diagnosis on my fecal for like a long period of time to culture it to be like these are the exact strain of bacteria in your body in your gut and this is what we need to do um upping my probiotic game was like massive i was taking probiotics for such a long period of time really strong probiotics and then it kind of simmered down to less strong probiotics um a lot of gut healing protocol and powders that were given to me Um, And then what I was doing for my own health, which was what he gave to me, was no no refined carbohydrates at all. Um, So pretty much I was on fruit and vegetables. Actually, even fruit, it was recommended no more than two pieces of fruit a day just because of what was happening in my particular body. Um, Staying clear of... I can't even remember what the things that were to stay clear of. I still have the notes somewhere. Um, But that was kind of the health protocol. And basically I was eating just, if it came in a package, I wasn't eating it. Mm. That's just the baseline of it. That is the easiest way to describe the diet. Um, And any time that I would just kind of slightly like, I'm just going to have like, I can just have a little bit of like this, just a little bit of this chocolate, just a little bit of the cacao. And he's like, no. Mm. you actually can't you actually can't I was like okay 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 we're doing this okay it's for the long haul okay it's for good um and then those were all the food things that I was doing I was taking my supplements so regimentally morning night you know three times a day I cleared so many things off my schedule this was the second time that I worked with a therapist in my life um and this was like a much longer period of time where they were really helping me. I'm going to say kind of become a functioning human again, just because when my physical health went, like just my mental health went at the same time. And I did not feel like a functioning human with those things essentially being robbed from me. Um, with this came a lot of, I had to cancel a lot of things. I was meant to fly to New York to see my brother who lives there. Um, and we had to cancel that trip because I just, couldn't trust my stomach going overseas to a foreign place, not being able to pick out the foods that were right for me and eat what I needed to eat. Um, Someone else might've been able to have done that, but just for me at that present point in time, it did not, it was not possible. Um, I think then even when I was supposed to go away at that time, we went out for a drive somewhere and the same thing happened. I ate some food that I maybe wasn't used to. And I was like, I need to find a toilet. I need to find a toilet. Um, And then it was, I didn't actually do any physical activity for a long period of time. I practiced yoga, but the only yoga that I was practicing was yin yoga. Mm. Um, Anything else was too strenuous for me at that point in time. I went to probably almost a daily yin class just to kind of help me mellow out, help me chill out. I already had a regular meditation practice in my life. I was continuing that meditation practice. I was saying no to anything that I knew that I couldn't do that was asking too much of me. Um, And there was a shit ton of patience of going to see acupuncturists who I loved and supported me through it, um, going to see energy healers just to kind of help me remove any of those stresses that were just happening in my life because it was clear that I was holding a lot of stress and tension within my body. 
Um, and every time it was like, man, this is taking so long. It's so hard. And they're like, it's okay. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. And it's going to be better on the other side. And what it didn't help to hear it when you're in it. And I remember that it doesn't help to hear that when you're in it because you're so in it and it feels so painful and you feel so raw to everything occurring around you. So if like you have listeners that are feeling that way right now, I know it sucks when someone says that it will get better and it'll get better than it is right now. Um, now that I'm on the other side, I know that that's true. And I even knew that that was true during it, but it's just always really painful to hear when it's so red and raw for you. Um, so like I said, this was three years ago that it was that I really started to have this profound, um, quite intensive healing experience. Um, I'm sure I may be leaving some things out because we, as become clear, we forget the things as we kind of move past them. Um, but I think those were the main things that I was using to help me move through that time. Yeah, Maddie, thank you so much for sharing that with us because your experience and being so unwell and, you know, dealing with that whole identity crisis as well, not being able to complete the tasks that you normally do and a complete upheaval in your whole life. I can, I can understand why that would have been so disorienting for you and why you would have needed to seek a little bit more help from external sources. And it's really amazing that you were able to seek that and to understand that you couldn't go through that process by yourself. And you selected some very carefully and thought out people to help you on that healing journey. I think that's a really beautiful example for the listeners today is to actually bring people that are, you know, different, new, that can offer, you know, a different way of thinking into your circle to then guide you on this healing journey, because you are right. It's a long, long journey. And <laughs> healing takes a re excuse me, healing takes a really long time. It's not easy. You know, I've spoken to people about PCOS before and how that is a very lifelong thing. You're not going to cure your symptoms within six months. It's an ongoing process that you constantly have to work at, but you should be really, really amazed for yourself with the commitment that you put into it. And look at you now, you, you seem to be thriving. So well done. Oh, so lovely to hear when you wrap it up like that, isn't it? <laughs> It's beautiful. And look, I know that you're very into your meditation and you were able to maintain this meditative process during all of this. For the listeners that aren't including a meditation practice into their daily life yet, can you tell them why it might be beneficial for them to do so? And if they have tried it a few times and they've really struggled, can you offer a few tips and tricks for them to help them get through? Yes. Let's start there at the difficult one because let it be known, I love to tell this story that the first time I sat down to meditate, I got my pink cushion and I put it on the ground because I thought that that's where I should meditate, like on the ground, seated like a good little meditation student. I knew that it was important. I, once again, this was around the time of learning about that mindfulness meditation was really taking off we know it's important we've heard the benefits like it's like almost talking to a wall of the benefits and so I sat down I started my five minute timer and I hated it <laughs> I hated it and every single thought that I was kind of pushing away ignoring running from came bombarding into my mind and what felt like the longest period of time, I was like, surely, surely we're nearly over. Surely we're nearly over. And it was about one minute in. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Okay, fine. I'll close my eyes. But I was getting, you know, when you get angry and irritated when it's not going the way that you want it to. And so I was getting flustered. And then I looked down again. It's like, you know, 30 seconds more has gone. I was like, that's it. I give up. I like closed down the timer, got off from the floor. I was like, that was a complete waste of time. I'm not doing that. That's just not going to ever happen. Um, I, I don't know if it's clear yet, but like very much 
uh, identified myself as a type A person, lots and lots of thoughts within my mind, very much an overthinker, um, which I think comes from that sense of anxiousness that occurs. Um, and so I was just like, it's just not for me. That's fine. It's not right for me. I have other ways that I get chill factor from. Um, and to that, I want to say the only way to meditate is to meditate. There are ways that you can bring meditation into your life by bringing mindfulness into your life, like going for a run. That is, you can be mindful doing that. That can be a mindful experience for you, but the physiological response in your body is going to be slightly different. Um, so the physiological response that you get from meditating that helps you calm your nervous system that helps you calm the cortisol levels within your body that has all those positive benefits to your makeup is going to be far more better of a meditation than if you're like oh i'm my runs my meditation no running is an act of mindfulness but it's not necessarily a meditation practice mm -hmm. um which is just a little side note which i've started to develop and speak about a little bit more um, so the thing that started to help me meditate, because I want you to know that it wasn't easy for me when I started, was lowering the expectation bar. We have this idea that when we sit down to meditate, it's about having no thoughts, and that's simply not the case at all. Especially when you're starting, thoughts are meant to be there, they're allowed to be there, and it's not trying to have no thoughts or to have a certain experience from your meditation experience. Like, it's gonna be peaceful and blissful it might be uncomfortable i've had ones when i was sitting down and the clock was ticking next to me and i found the ticking just got into my head and it was so irritating and i couldn't overcome that and that's okay um so this is all a long-winded way to say that it's not necessarily meditating going to look the way that you think it does and as I said, the big difference between that first time that I meditated and starting to regularly meditate within my own life was lowering the expectation bar. So I found guided meditations online. Um, I listened to Gabrielle Bernstein's guided morning meditation. There are so many resources that, um, that are out there, so many apps that are useful for this kind of thing to find the type of person that you resonate with. So I would press play and I told myself, doesn't matter how many times your mind wanders, you are meditating. And by the end of this guided meditation, you have meditated and you have done that experience and you have ticked that off your list because I just, I love being able to tick something off my day. And so I started doing this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> we just love it, right? Like we love getting, even at the moment, I'm kind of implementing a more um, workout routine in this isolation life and I've got my like Monday, Wednesday, Friday and I cross off those days and I feel so great when I do it. Um, so that's what I started to do and I listened to this guided meditation so many times in a row and it didn't matter that I almost memorized it but I was getting those benefits because I was giving myself space in the morning to simply be. I was giving myself space to reflect on how I've woken up in the morning on what I want my day to look like. And it was by releasing those expectations that I had on myself that I was able to bring it into my life. And it kind of naturally started to develop. And it wasn't like I just some one morning woke up and was like, I'm gonna meditate for five minutes every day. It was just one day I'd meditate. And then maybe a couple of days went past and now I'd meditate again. And then slowly, after a long period of time, I started to crave a deeper meditation. I wanted longer guided meditations. And I guess I knew that I was ready for something more when similar to the yoga teacher experience, I started seeing those glimpses of meditation courses that you could do. And I didn't feel quote ready, but I knew that I wanted to do this as the next step of my meditation. So I did a Vedic meditation course, um, which teaches you to meditate 20 minutes twice a day um, and that is where I really stepped up my meditation experience was meditating daily all of a sudden and the interesting thing about that was I didn't want to do that until I was meditating regularly but I was only going to be doing that by doing the 
experience. So, so often it's like, no, no, I'll do that when I'm ready for it. Like I'll do that when I'm already doing the things that makes that happen. But oftentimes what I found is that to do the thing that you want to do, it's by doing the thing before you're ready. Mm-hmm. So you can only do it by signing up for the course, by signing up for the program, by putting your hand up, by actually actively moving yourself forward. Are you going to get to the outcome that you want to receive? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all my, that's a little bit of my journey of meditation, my advice around people wanting to bring meditation into their life lower the expectations make it as easy as possible and be really kind on yourself it's not about getting it right or wrong this is about creating a habit in your life and that takes a process and when we think about creating a habit in our life it takes time and we have to be kind to ourselves along the journey mm. I love that you said that because that's something that I genuinely really believe in and I talk about all the time. Could you explain a little bit the importance of being kind to yourself? Oh, isn't that just like a whole week's worth of podcasts? <laughs> you know, you're right. Give me, give me a two second wrap up. <laughs> uh, um, it's so easy when we're trying something new, when we're wanting to for example, take meditation or anything else in your life to beat down on ourselves because we are so often our own worst enemies. Um, And this is something that I'm personally navigating through my life at this current moment as well and reminding myself like, hey, why am I thinking the worst about myself? Like, why am I thinking that I can't do that. Why do I have this narrative within my own mind to almost put myself down? And it's like, the reality of the situation is in this life, we only have ourselves in regards to spending 24 seven every single day of our life with, which means that if you're not being kind to yourself, how do you expect anyone else to be kind to you? How do you expect anyone else to love you if you're not taking that care and that love of yourself first? Um, And so it can be really easy when we're starting something new, a new habit, a meditation practice to have that habitual, why bother? Don't bother. You can't do that. Oh, you missed today. So you're a failure. Oh, you should just give up now. This almost habitual pattern Um, which is true because we have this negative bias within our own mind that often looks more to the negative than to the positive, but it's up to us to switch this negative bias around and to be our own best friends as cliched as it sounds and as overused as it is. It is the reality of the situation that self love, and I'm going to say as well, self forgiveness is just the paramount and core of everything of life. I agree with you 100%. I really, really do. And I'm so glad that you've taken us there today because I think self-love is a concept that a lot of the listeners today will be going, no, I don't have that. No, not possible. I won't ever find that. But it's like what you've said today. It's about choosing one thing that perhaps you know you really want to do and that would actually be quite kind to yourself and actually just starting before you were ready. So for me, something that is self-care for me that helps helped me love myself would be, you know, to practice yoga. And sometimes it gets a little bit hard for me in my head. I go, oh no, I can't do that because I'll get tired or I'll make an excuse. No, 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 I can't do it. I won't, I shouldn't. But just doing it and overcoming that the feeling afterwards makes me feel so good about myself and that gentle and kindness that I've done because my body wanted that and it needed it. That then helps me within myself because I feel good. And then I start to go, oh, I deserve this. This is a nice feeling. So I'll do it again. And that repeated pattern is now a positive one, not a negative one. And that then leads to more self-love within ourselves. Mm. I love the word. Actually, first of all, it it breaks my heart a little bit to think of your listeners that are like, no, no, I don't have that. I'll never have that. And it just makes me think that um, like 
yes, you will. And, you know, our conversation right here is, is an act of that, that yes, you are worthy of love. Yes, you deserve love and you can have love. Um, and even if no matter what your life has told you, no matter what people have told you, what experiences that you've had, you're worthy and deserving of that love. Um, please know that we both, I'm going to speak on behalf of Steph, know that that is possible for you. Um, and the thing that I love that you said is you said deserve because it is right. It's we, we treat ourselves the way that we think that we should be treated. And so it is, it is a practice. And sometimes we can fall off the practice, especially if more's going on in life or we're going through something um, uncertain or scary, but you deserve to treat yourself in the best way possible. I agree with you. A hundred percent. Last year, I ran a little campaign called the Swoon Movement. And it was all about learning to love yourself through taking care of yourself. And oh. if we don't take care of ourselves, then how will we ever love ourselves? Because caring for ourselves means that we're putting ourselves as a priority. And then that's, to me, the only way I believe we'll ever truly understand and love ourselves. And so today to talk about that in more detail it's it is it's about choosing self-care in your life each day because you genuinely deserve it all that negative self-talk that you've told yourself or that your conditioning has led you to believe is actually i'm going to put it out there it's incorrect we are so certain that we are unworthy because other people have either led us to think that or because circumstances in our lives haven't gone the way that we've needed them to. And we've just been piled on top of crap after crap after crap after crap. So down here, we're hidden, like the pee under the mattresses in that fairy tale. I'm not sure what it's called. I love that fairy tale. <laughs> yes, I can't remember what it's called. It's going to come to me. Like Princess and the pea, surely. Yes. And I, it's, it's like my, my onion analogy as well. It's like once you start peeling off those layers and like being like, oh, no, I am deserving of having a nice bath today. Oh, I will shave my legs today because it makes me feel fresh and nice. Or, you know, I'm not going to go to this party because that's self-care to me and protecting of my energy. You and each and every decision you make to take care of yourself is actually being like, wow, I am worthy. I am deserving of this. Mm. And it makes me think of it's not selfish or superficial to do these things as well. You can do them because you like them and you love them and they care for you and to make you feel good. Those are good things. Absolutely. And I always try and get this into people's heads. It's like, if I'm not taking care of myself, or if I'm not in a good state of mind, if my mental health is really poor or my physical health is poor, which is then affecting my mental health, I'm going to be this little, tiny, useless version of myself who is then unable to help the people around me. If I come to you and you are expressing to me what a dark and horrid time you're in and you need me to be there for you, yet my mental health is so falling apart that I can't take on what is happening with you or I can't sit with you during that time, then I'm actually not providing you the service that I would normally would be able to. So if I then go away, if I can then realise, okay, I think she needed more from me today, I need to be able to give her more, take care of yourself, build yourself back up to that healthy version of yourself and you can only do that with self-care. So taking care of yourself will then enable you to help others. And I feel like that's what the core of life is about because it's like we're talk, excuse me, talking about before, it's love as the core and centre of everything. So beautiful. Thank you. So before we finish up this beautiful and magical conversation, I was wondering if you could tell the listeners where they can find you, listen to your practices, come and join you for those practices and where they can find you on social media. Yes, certainly. Um, so Instagram, my favourite, is always beautiful. I have a lot of uh, IGTV resources there to help you like protective visualisations and grounding breaths, etc. You can find me at uh, Madison underscore Vernon. Uh, that is my Instagram. And then 
to kind of dive in deeper to all this work and have a chat to me, the probably best place to find me is my website, uh, madisonvernon.com. You also can go to madisonvernon.com forward slash resources. I have a library of five minute uh, meditations to put into your life. Um, I've got little a yoga slow and breathing techniques, just a full house of all that you'll need to kind of take care of yourself. Um, yeah, and those are the best places to find me. Amazing. I'm so glad that we were given this opportunity to connect today. And I hope everything that we've talked about has been something that people can connect to and resonate with and potentially not um, too up in the clouds or too woohoo for them and that we didn't babble on or talk in crazy lengths but I hope that some little nuggets of this conversation have been able to spark something in others to help ignite some change into their life as well and I'd like to say a big thank you for offering that to us today and for telling your journey and your story in such a beautiful way and with such positivity and I respect that so much knowing what hardships you've been through and how crazy all of that must have been but you show up today and every day and especially with your new podcast as well to try and help others and improve their lives so Maddie thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. It was such a delight just to, I mean, what fun and joy to have these conversations. <laughs> Completely. This is my soul work. This is the stuff that makes me feel alive. And yeah, I'm more than happy to put my time and energy into these projects just as I know you would be too. Exactly. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, Steph. I just get such an ooey, gooey feeling after listening to conversation like that. It's thoughtful and it's mindful and it's all about connecting to our soul work. And I love it. It's all about putting yourself first and knowing that that is not selfish. It's actually the selfless act because we can actually show up better for the people around us. And that's why it's so important that Maddie and I were able to have this beautiful conversation today because hopefully you nestled some of that knowledge into your heart and you will carry that through with you into your life and into your future. Guys, thank you so much for being here with Maddie and I today. And Maddie, thank you for being such a beautiful and honest guest and for sharing your journey with us so openly and beautifully. Guys, Every single week with you is such a pleasure and I honestly feel like we have become best friends over the last what is almost a year and I look forward to continuing this journey with you well into the future and to help me do that I would really really love it if you would leave a review for me on the iTunes podcast app and let me know what you think about these episodes and leave me a five star so thank you so much for being here with me again and sharing your time and I look forward to seeing you in my next episode.